You're listening to the B&H Photography Podcast. For over 40 years, B&H has been the professional source for photography, video, audio, and more. For your favorite gear, news, and reviews, visit us at bnh.com or download the BNH app to your iPhone or Android device. Now here's your host, Alan White. Greetings and welcome to the BNH Photography Podcast. Today we're going to do something totally different. We always talk about climate change and geopolitics. Today we're going to talk cameras. What do you say? <laughs> Total change of pace. All right, okay. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. At the end of today's episode, we are going to be announcing the winners of the Fujifilm sweepstakes, so stay tuned for that. Woot, woot. Thank you. first, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the new mirrorless full-frame cameras from Canon and Nikon, which have been announced in the past few days. Now, we had a chance to handle the Canon EOS R, uh, Jason and I, earlier for about four and a half minutes, and we're also being joined today uh, by Levy Tenenbaum, a veteran of the show who actually handled the Nikon. Yes, Otherwise, yes. we're going to be talking using specs and all of the stuff that the rest of us have seen, but there's a lot to talk about here. This is obviously a, a big change for the industry. For the longest time, uh, Sony was the only real mirrorless full-frame camera out there, and now all of a sudden, Canon and Nikon went along with it. They realized that this is the future. They have new cameras, and we're going to talk about how they compare to each other as well as the existing Sony cameras. And they both dropped within a week of each other. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was really something. <laughs> yeah. I think it's coincidental. <laughs> you think it has to do with the holidays? But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's start talking about the uh, Canon EOS R system. And I think it's kind of funny they use R for reflex, for mirrorless. It should have been the EOS M, but it was used already. So I guess they went with the R. Um, there's uh, The camera goes for $2299 for the body and $3399, $3,400 with a 24 to 105 millimeter lens. One of the things that's interesting is that not only is it new cameras that both Canon and Nikon have introduced, they've also introduced new lenses to go along with the these new cameras because uh, that's part of the whole deal. I remember when Sony first came out, they were trashed because there was no glass to go along. It took them a long time to catch up. Canon and Nikon learned from that. From Canon, uh, they are going to be releasing a 28 to 70 f2 L. These are all L, L lenses also. A 50 millimeter f1.2, a 24 to 105 f4, and a 35 millimeter f1.8 macro lens so that's the only non-l1 that is the only that's correct that is an uh an isstm lens and a lot less expensive than the l's however what it means is that if you get the camera you do have enough lenses to get started and what nikon and canon have also provided uh, they've introduced adapters each company have introduced adapters to go along with the cameras that enable it to use the native nikon and native Canon lenses on these new Canon and Nikon bodies. And from what we understand, it's seamless. They're not balky. The metering works. The autofocus is good. uh, And it's as if it was dedicated for it. So this is a real, real big advantage. And Nikon also came out with some new lenses as well, three lenses. Um, So that's pretty important. Yeah, this is a big, it's a big news, right? I mean, at least the biggest news. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) uh, yeah. Of the past year, right? Fair to say? I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, Anybody want to throw back some... Probably the biggest of the past few years, I would think. Right? When was D850 yeah. announced? D850 was last year this time. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And by the way, uh, they also mentioned, uh, Nikon went out of the way to say that the their new cameras are built to the same specs and standards as the D850. So even though these are, some people think, cheaper cameras, they're not. They're built the same way. They're all weather resistant. Mm-hmm. The the Z7 um, is built like a Nikon. It's, it's a tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And how's that grip? Same? Feel the same? No. Actually, I 
trying to remember when the last time I held a D850 was. D850 seems to be like a wider, more full grip. Mm-hmm. Nikon is very proud of the grip on the Z7. It's a little bit too deep for me. Hmm. And I have, I want to say, medium-sized hands. One thing I did note about the Canon I really liked is that the LCD on top is black background with white lettering on it. And it's very easy to read. It was really Nikon nice. Nikon also. Nikon did the same. Okay, because we didn't see that. So that was pretty interesting. Another thing I really liked about the new cameras, I was looking at the aspect ratios, which I usually don't bother with. And most cameras will give you a two by three, or if it's a micro four thirds, four third, and they'll often throw in 16.9. Um, the EOS R gives you uh, three to two, four, three, 16.9, and something that I love, one to one. So you could shoot square images with it, which I, I happen to like that. So if you if you need a square format, or you, you want to shoot specifically for Instagram for their you know default, you could just shoot that way, and you could preview it and get the images. Nope. Like, but the DSLRs offer that, don't they? Nah, the Sony I can't Nikon do one to one. My Nikon. The Nike, um, Nike. I don't know, but I believe also I the new it, Nikon's yeah. do come down to one to one. I missed the spec mm-hmm. here, but I believe I saw that it does. Okay, we can cool. check on that. But to me, that was a pretty interesting thing. I just wanted to make one quick point. Yeah. That one of the things that going to a digital viewfinder allows is now to switch between all those different formats. Mm-hmm. So I think in the yes. past, SLRs were kind of a little hesitant to go there because it required kind of either user knowledge or to like tape out your right. your viewing glass over here. And you just, just go straight and you see exactly what mm-hmm. it is. Right. Yeah, that's one, of the, that's one of the benefits of electronic viewfinders. Now, any comments on the, the viewfinders on these cameras? The screen, the rear screen on the Canon was gorgeous. The inside looked good also. They, they get, they're into ridiculous uh, resolving power. The EVF on the new Canon is 3,690,000 dots, which is like a million more dots than my Sony has, and the Sony is really good. So that is really, really nice. And the uh, screen itself, the LCD, is also uh, it's 2.1 million dots. So the resolving power, the the color, they're, they're, it's really just a beautiful, beautiful viewing screen to look at, both of them. Right. For anyone, for anyone who's using A7R3, like, yeah. once you've seen that viewfinder, everyone else has kind of got to match that level, I think. And I think Canon's done that because they both have similar resolving power. I'm pretty sure the Nikon's up there. Um, they all look good. You know, at this point, you can't make a non-looking good EVF. They're probably the same technology. They all have the same uh, resolving power in EVFs, all of the new Canons and Nikons. Both cameras are bigger than the Sony, right? They yes. are, yes. The yeah. Sony still remains to be the smallest of, of all the new cameras that have come out. Uh, obviously, there's going to be the latest. Uh, Nikon has the X-Speed 6 uh, image processor and the Digic 8 in the Canon. So they're using the latest technologies in all of these. Um, something that came to my mind, actually, let's talk about the Nikons for a little bit, since we're talking specs. Um, something that is not present in the Canon, which is kind of interesting, is uh, image stabilization. There isn't any. Uh, and the Nikons both have five access image stabilization. So for stability, low light, and the Nikon has it on them. One thing the Canon blows everybody away on it is the autofocus. They have 5,655 focus points. They're saying a lot of stuff about this camera. I'm, I'm waiting to see it in, in real life. <laughs> they also, they're also saying negative 6 EV. Well, focusing. yeah, but they also qualify with an f1.2 lens when everyone else uses an f2 lens. So, yeah, it's true, but maybe if you put a 1.2 lens on other cameras, you'll come up the same gonna numbers. And come out with a Noctum 0.95. Like, okay, let's, you know, yeah. bring them By out. By the way, I measured it to 0.96. My question I went in there. 
about that about the focus points. How much faster can autofocus really get? Though, I mean, is that no? Is that going to be? And a how noticeable... lot of it has to do with coverage too? It's like almost the entire viewing area. So it's so, not just speed we're talking. Yeah, it's also coverage. In other words, any, right. your subjects could be anywhere within the right. frame. So it's the ability to focus in more places, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it makes me think back to the original autofocus. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember, but when the first autofocus cameras came out, you had one cross point in the center of the frame, which means your subject had to be in the middle or you had to focus, lock it, and then it, 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 it's a pleasure shooting these That's days. That's the way I shoot them. <laughs> focus, recompose, focus, recompose. Yeah. Focus, I still hold, do that recompose, a lot, yeah. but, but you don't have to do <laughs> that. Right. Yeah. So the, the, other, the other big thing is tracking. So when, yeah. you're, when you're using continuous autofocus, the camera has to predict where your subject is going or the item that you're focusing Good on. Good point, yeah. The more points that you have, the more accurately you're able to kind of follow and less likely your the system will lose your subject. Okay, exactly. it's just locking right. So on. that could be quite an advantage then. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, just to give you an idea. The yeah. comparison: the uh, the Nikon Z7 has 493, and the Z6 273. Now, it does not mean that they they're not bad at focusing. They could be very very good. However, that is a huge difference huge. in focus points. That yeah. gives you a lot of control. So it really, I think really does. What, what I'm waiting to see side by side is Sony, we all know, does a tremendous job. They have they built the autofocus right off of the sensor. They're, they're solid, and they've been around for a while. You know, we're, when we're talking Sony, we're talking Generation 3 yeah, of, that's right. of these yeah. systems. Mm -hmm. like they've, they've been doing this. Um, Canon has a really good autofocus technology that they're building off of, which is their dual-pixel autofocus, which is something they introduced with the 70D, which I want to say is three years ago. Um, and they brought it into their EOS Cinema line. They've been using it on the 5D Mark IV. They had it on the 60 Mark II. I mean, it's 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 been around and it's tried and tested. And it's a very good system. Nikon, I used it. Their autofocus. It seemed very snappy, but I would like to use it in the field and kind of see how it works, particularly for video and continuous sure. tracking. Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. is the question I was going to go to next. Uh, uh, the video specs. Neither one seemed to be video centric cameras. Is that fair to say? So yes, I'm going to no. hand, hand this over to you. Yeah. So yes, no, I didn't. I didn't do as deep of a dive into their specs, but mm. Canon's coming out. Um, they're they're saying that they're putting 4K, 4K in. They say yeah. that they're doing. Um, they say that they're doing an H.264 compression. I think this is all going to wait to see a kind of how this all comes out, and once the kind of the reviewers get to it, or once I get my hands to to kind of chunk through their stuff. Um, what I am seeing is they're not doing what the 5D Mark IV did, which is make an MPEG compression for 4K. But I don't fully know that yet. Sony is kind of the king in this realm. They have their pro level compressions on the on their A7 series. Nikon is now released N log. So everyone's got their own thing. Yeah. So <laughs> Sony has S log. So just for those of you who are listening, log is not raw. Right. Log just means that we flattened out the curve so you don't have spikes in your highlights or spikes in or, or down spikes in your shadows, kind it of making it, it controls the dynamic range. Exactly. And then that way, when you put in post, you're able to kind of stretch it back out. So um, Sony's called it S log forever, Canon's called it C log forever, and now Nikon has N log. They also came out with 120 frames per second yeah, in 1080, yeah. which is very nice. Sony's had that for a while, but. But to be going down that direction shows that Nikon is thinking about those shooters who want to be able to have their camera shoot slow mo. The rest of it is yet to be seen. Like I'm, I'm luckily they didn't put 360 degree viewing into this camera. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> <That's next. laughs> Something that came to my mind when looking at all these notes is that I'm wondering if we're going to see a phenomenon, a new phenomenon that kind of started when the Sony came out and when when mirrorless cameras came out. And again, when the Sony came out. 
you had a lot of Nikon and Canon owners. And they were able to adapt their lenses. So if you had a, if you were a Canon shooter, you adapted your Canon lenses to your Sony. Nikon, you adapted your Nikon or whatever. And then you played around. Now we have cameras that are sort of could be interchangeable. And what I'm thinking is that, say I'm a, a Sony shooter and there's something about one of these, can, the Canon camera or one of the Nikons that I like that does something that my current camera doesn't do. Using adapters, I could just buy that body and adapt all my existing lenses to it. So now, instead of just seeing like a Sony shooter who has 15 lenses or or a Nikon or Canon shooter that uses different manufacturers, I'm wondering how many people are going to actually be buying these bodies as a, just another tool because it does something good. So, uh, folks, before you go out and do that, <laughs> Alan shoots a lot of manual focus. Yeah, right. And that's and, and and that's one of the big keys <laughs> over here. Once once we're starting to adapt over electronic lenses, it becomes a little bit more complicated. Right. And I actually wanted to follow no, but, up on that. But 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 one thing I understand is that the uh, adapters that they've made for these cameras, the the Canon's adapter for their EF and EFS lenses and Nikon's adapter for their native lenses supposedly works beautifully. There's no hiccups, no nothing. Now, that's if you can do did you, that, did, did you try them? I tried the Nikon adapter. You did. It was solid. I was told by the video guys that the, that's what I heard too. That they say it was just beautiful. Now, that is using dedicated stuff. It's only a matter of time before third-party companies like Metabones and all these other guys, Photoshop, come out with the technology that will enable you to do brand A on brand B, and really you could just mix and match not just lenses now, but even cameras, because until now it's just been the Sony full frame. There wasn't another camera to play around. Now we have multiple choices of full frame cameras and we could start mixing and matching lenses. And that's me. I, I that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. Back to those adapters. You were happy with the, the Nikon? The Nikon one felt really good and okay. it focused. It didn't seem to lose any speed. And how big is it comparatively Nikon to one. the Sonys and the Canons that we've seen? So I'm going to make with my fingers right. now. I mean, just, 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 <laughs> just look at the specs. It's, it's, it's a standard size. Smaller. It's just, yeah, standard it's just, size. it's a standard okay. size. Um, so it, adapters, they're they're interesting because they have to they have to create the same flange distance as yeah. as you took away. One of the big things that Nikon is touting is that they've gone to like the smallest flange distance at I think sixteen millimeters. Um, they also have a really wide opening because they're sixteen millimeters close. They have to be super wide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, with Canon, uh, uh, they introduced three different uh, adapters. One of them actually has drop-in filters, yes. which is interesting. So mm. say you're shooting cinema or whatever, and you could you could now swap lens and not touch your polarizer or whatever filters you got going on there. That saves you time. And also the filters are smaller. You don't have to buy these large 80, you know, 72, 77, 86 millimeter filters. They're all smaller ones that fit in the back. They're, they're also universal. Yes. So you swap a lens, your filters are still right in the back. Everything right. is right your, there. And your ND right. is still there or your polarizer. That's great. Less, less, Potchkering around while you're shooting, which is important. Exactly. Let's talk but about. Can we yeah, talk about the adapters for one second? Because yes, I think I think this is a really uh, a really good point for listeners to understand. Um, adapters have been around for a long time now. Three, four, five. I mean, adapters have been around forever. They've been around for a long but, time. But yeah. electronic adapters really bringing a lot of Canon shooters over to Sony with the Metabones, as you mentioned before. Um, they're they're really good now. The the native companies are making the adapters, which is awesome because that means that you're going to have all your full functionality through native lenses all the way through the system. Nikon's only brought out one adapter, and before anyone starts freaking out, no, they brought out the exact da- adapter that they need. They made it so that their camera is going to work exactly well with all their lenses. Right. 
Canon's gone a very interesting approach over here. They made one very basic adapter, which is just, hey, here's a simple adapter. It's a hundred bucks. Go and adapt all your lenses over. Have fun. On all of their lenses that they're releasing now for the RF series, they've released a kind of a control ring on the lens itself. So there's an extra ring. You have your focus, you have your zoom, but now you also have a control ring. This can be modified to do a bunch of different functions. It's a fully customizable control ring. So you can add aperture to your control ring. You can do ISO on your control ring. Or, oh, interesting. Or wow. maybe shutter speed. I mean, I, I, we have to see what, what it does. So they've released an adapter that has that. So it's assignable. Yes, it's assignable. And so now you can adapt your old lenses over, like if you had the 24-70-2.8, you can adapt that over and now have this assignable control ring on the front, which is super awesome. Then there's the high-end adapter, as I guess you can say, just price-wise, it's the most expensive, is the one that gives you drop-in filter capabilities, which means you're not going to drop in a UV filter because that's going to go on the front of your lens, but you're going to drop in a polarizer, you could drop in an ND filter, and this is awesome because, as we were saying a minute ago, you can just swap your lens and retain all the same settings that you had before. Yeah, it's a much faster workflow. And very creative. I like that Canon has kind of gone down this route, really, I think, thinking a little bit outside. Mm-hmm. 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 Can we talk a little bit about uh, memory? Because I see that the Nikon is using uh, XQD and Sony's SD, and in both cases, it's just one card slot. Yeah, single right? slots, yes. Okay. Yes, which is kind of interesting because Sony already went to dual. Uh, but, you know, hey. So so dual, dual versus single is, I, I think, a really interesting conversation of itself, and I don't think it affects... A majority of like your pro mature shooters or prosumer shooters. Not that it's twelve it, frames per second for most people. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's something that's really nice to have. And if you're it's a tech nice geek, to know, yes. if you're a tech geek like the rest of us, and like, sure. absolutely you want the best. But I've been shooting, and hopefully God is not going to totally curse me on this. But I've been shooting single card for a long time. SD tends to be pretty solid memory wise, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I I haven't had that many issues with it. Thank God. Um, for those pro levels or people who are capturing once in a lifetime type of stuff that they really want to have that extra level of redundancy, yeah, dual card slot all the way. Canon and Nikon, not there yet. They'll bring it to you in a future version. Um, I find it really interesting though that Nikon has gone XQD and we know that they're invested in it with the D850, with the D5, like uh, the D500. Like we know that they're going this direction, but it is a huge departure from what the rest of the market is doing. Uh, like we mentioned before, Sony's on SD. Canon is going SD UHS 2, so you can get full speeds out of that. But you can still do UHS 1 cards. It, the, the reader should be backwards compatible. So you're not forcing people to go to a whole new card reader. You're not forcing people to go to a whole right. new type of thing. If you already have existing SD cards, slap them in, start shooting. But, you know, I didn't realize how revolutionary I was back then, but back in uh, 1986, I actually had a Nikon F3 modified to shoot two rolls of film <laughs> concurrently so I'd have a backup all the time. Really? I didn't realize how revolutionary I was back then. It's, you know, what, in, in the film days, I think people were not as worried about that. Are you, are you messing with us? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> oh, man. You really fell for that? I, I don't know. Oh, I fell for it, but I started talking on it. <laughs> you know, you should know me better by now, lady. How long have you been me? Before we run down some of the spec, or maybe we'll just run down the specs for both of them. And if we want to throw any comparisons back and forth with, with those two in the Sony, I want to ask this quick question. I'm looking at the 6D Mark II. And it comes in at 1.5 pounds. EOS R, 1.46 pounds. So 
What's the advantage? It's, I don't think it's weight. I think it's size and okay. form factor more than anything else. Right. Oh. Am I right about the, you know? the, the, the advantage is interesting. Five. Um, um, I don't know that si size is as big of an advantage as people tout it to be because we all know that once you start putting on any of the big pieces of glass or anything like that, you're suddenly back at almost the same exact size. You gain you gain a little bit weight. You gain a little bit size. Um, but really uh, removing the mirror opens up a lot of other technological advantages. Sure. Mm -hmm. that's and that's, I wanna, that, yeah. that's, I think, where where the big thing comes in. Once you go EVF, you never go back. Oh, yeah? That's, uh, you know what? I'm funny. <laughs> I, I, I go back all the time, and I'm every time I go back, I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. I love shooting, you know, just analog style and, mm -hmm. and seeing through the ground glass, and I'm like, oh, it's so great. And then I go back to EVF. I'm like, why did I ever think that? It's This is amazing. And then I, like, I'm not I, I, I love a good optical viewfinder is amazing, but what pops my bubble each time is when I reach to do the magnifier for fine focusing. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I go, drat. <laughs> it's the, uh, the, night, the nighttime... Performance oh, is just yeah. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But that also has to do with the the imaging technology, the, the sensor. Yeah, but, but just the fact that it brightens the image for you. Yes, you can just, see. Yeah. yeah, uh huh. That's right. I mean, because you know, for focusing on a DSLR at night is almost I mean, no. When I lose yeah. my keys, I actually look for it looking through my camera. Exactly. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's also it's also really good because you can review images in the EVF, which I found very helpful. Oh, you know, huge for checking times. focus, especially beforehand. I use that, and I, yeah, I become a junkie on that one. Yeah. Well, it's funny because a few years ago, the EVF was the big problem for mirrorless, right? Right, yeah. and, and when they were 230,000 dots or 160,000 <laughs> right. dots, it's like, it was like looking at espionage film. Mm. And and I, I think it's also worth mentioning that probably, again, it just came out, it's announcements, we, we haven't really had a chance to play with the stuff uh, uh, seriously. Seems to be better organized than Sony was up front as far as what they have, what they're presenting. You know, they've got lenses to go along. They have a, a whole roadmap of lenses that'll be coming out. The technical aspects of it are pretty darn good. Um, I mean, the, the original A7 was an amazing camera, but it seems to me that they are on par and, you know, they, they learned a lot. They, they did their homework here, I would say. They, they're coming into an existing market. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, yes. Right. Yeah, somebody else broke the ice already. Exactly. Sure. Right. Let me just um, ask one thing, though, Levy. Um, the Nikons that you used weren't production. They were, they were, they were officially pre-production. The, yeah. the card slots were taped. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th anything we say here could be subject that's to a good, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a very, very good yeah, point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. We, uh, quite often we get an opportunity to see cameras before they're even officially announced. Uh, that's one of the fun things about being here. And often they are pre-production and the cameras do have glitches. And when we review them, we have to take that into account. And often when I've gone back to production models of cameras I had tested early on, they're running clean. They're running better. The so, worked out. Yeah, yeah. you got to be careful of that. So we can't prejudge. Let me ask you guys who, who follow this a little bit more than I do. Um, have the rumors been circulating pretty heavily over the past months that these were in the works, or are these kind of surprises? Nikon was talked about. I think Canon was more of a surprise. There was rumors about it, but I mean, there've been rumors forever. So, sure. which which version of the rumor? Yeah. Um, I've been a little off the sites um, as of recently, but I know both Canon and Nikon were sort of, at least to some degree, leaked. Canon mm -hmm. almost like one to one right. was leaked beforehand. Oh yeah, yeah. And Nikon, I'm pretty sure, but I wasn't. I wasn't following as closely prior to the Nikon release. But it was interesting how you know this. These are both companies that, for the longest time, would just 
saying that well, you don't need full frame. You don't need. <laughs> well, you don't need mirrorless. You don't need mirrorless. You don't need full yeah, we, frame we have mirrorless. DSLRs. They do everything. Right. But you know, <laughs> you know. So here's here's my um, here here's my. Uh, this is Levy's corner of don't you know believe twenty percent of this or not. Right. But Canon is in an interesting spot because you would think that they would kill out EOS M with this release. I was going to ask. Yeah. EOS M is still here. They're bringing out a new lens for it. Uh-huh. Um, I still don't fully understand their their play with EOS M, but with EOS M in the market, has kind of seen that as their kind of like their uh, Sony A sixty five hundred version or mm-hmm. or, yeah. or something like in in that range. Not that the two are comparable, but but kind of like that kind of like entry level market. Then you have this, what is it, twenty two hundred dollar full frame camera? Seems to be like just above a sixty Mark II as far as pricing and positioning. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're going to see another Canon camera mirrorless full frame as like a EOS R R or RS or, or whatever mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, the higher end one, the higher yes. end one. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt, they're not going to be arrested. Well, this, is a start. This, this, yeah. this is a starting shot. Right and they here. they may have also learned from Sony too, who kind of have released three cameras at a time, right? I mean, with the RS yeah. and straight up A7. Yeah. yeah. Just looking at the Canon, I wonder if they rushed this thing to market since Nikon just dropped, you know, their their mirrorless. You can't it, rush this to market. Well, that, yeah. So I I actually I'm I'm not with you on this, um, Jason. Um, you don't think that you? I, I don't think it's rushed to market. It may, it may not have the features I would have wanted, but it's a very Canon type camera. And what 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 I think of that is that meaning they're not they're not going to release a D850. They don't have a D850 on the market, right? So Nikon released a, a as close to a D850 as they could, and I think it was actually very cool that Nikon released both a D850 and a D750, so to speak, at the same time in the mirrorless market. Right. Um, Canon, on the other hand, is making they already have a mirrorless camera that they're keeping alive. And now they're releasing kind of like your entry level to full frame camera. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what their kind of next play is going to be. The other thing is they're releasing way more interesting glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, their they, lenses they are yeah. very that 28 to 70 f2, which is kind of neat. Yep, high speed 50, 35 yep. macro, and they're all fast. The well, the 24 to 105. That's a f4. That's, but it's, it's a kit lens. That's and, fine. And, go. and that's perfectly fine, but I think that's a good start. And especially if you could take all of your existing EF and EFS lenses and work seamlessly with them according to everything we understand using the adapters that are available, that is a very viable system. Now, is there any specs that you guys have seen that really stand out to you, something that needs to be mentioned outside of the conversation about mirrorless versus DSLR? Uh, first, okay. fir- first thing that comes to mind is that both Canon and Nikon are using existing batteries. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, which yeah. I think is very nice and mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They won't run into mm-hmm. that problem that Sony did. Okay, no, it's good for everybody. Eight frames per second on the Canon. Uh, They're all fast. You got well, nine you got on, the on the Z7 and twelve on the Z6. And the truth of the matter, let, let's be realistic. For, for the average person out there, eight frames a second is more than anybody needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's just uh, let's get to the specs. Let's run down the specs. Um, let's do a little overview of each of the cameras here. We have the Canon EOS R, which is the uh, one and only camera that they've introduced so far. It's going to be um, the, the suggested price is twenty three hundred dollars for the body and thirty four hundred with a twenty four to one hundred five millimeter lens. It's got a thirty megapixel sensor, a Digic Eight uh, image processor. You could pump it up to forty thousand ISO. It's not image stabilized. It does shoot JPEG, RAW, and compressed RAW, CRAW. 
Uh, it's got 80 billion focus points, actually 5,655, mm-hmm. which is a lot. Um, all the aspect ratio, including square, which is big for me. Tilt screen, 3.2 inches, 2.1 million dots, and it's a touch screen, which is kind of uh, cool. I want to just point out this is big because yeah. they they have a touch screen, uh, sorry, a flip out screen. Right, it comes yeah, out. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Whereas everybody else just has a tilt screen. That's yeah. right. This whole thing, that's right, swings out there. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you. Um, the EVF is uh, 3,690,000 dots, which is a lot. All of the cameras are talking about, they top out at an eight thousandth of a second, and they all have a top flash sync of a two hundredth of a second. Uh, f- as a comparison, the Sony A7 cameras, they also go up to an eight thousandth, but they sync at one two fiftieth with flash, which if you shoot flash, especially outdoors, does make a difference. None of these cameras have a built-in flash. Uh, the Canon tops out at eight, eight frames per second, uh, stereo mic, mono speaker, SD cards, UHS-2 supported, uh, 370 exposures per battery charge, according to the specs. It's 1.46 pounds, and the size is 5.35 by 3.86 by 3.31, a little bit bigger than the A7s. There is an orientation center, no GPS, no time lapse. That's the Canon, the EOS R. Okay. The Nikon Z6, it costs two grand for the body only. It's a 25 megapixel uh, sensor, an X Beat 6 image processor, goes up to 50, uh, 51,200 ISO, and you can expand it to 204, 800. Why you'd want to do that, I don't know. Both of the Nikons have five axis sensor shift. They both shoot JPEG RAW, and, uh, and that's 12 or 14 bit. Uh, and it has 273 focus points. It does have a 3.2-inch tilt screen that is also a touch screen and over 2 million dots. And as we said, all of these cameras have the same uh, resolution in the EVF, which is 3,690,000 dots. Um, What else we got here? 12 frames per second. And uh, XQD cards. And uh, they're all about the same size and weight. Mm -hmm. It does have it does have an orientation sensor. It does have uh, time lapse and does not have, G- have does not have does no not GPS. have GPS. No, yeah, time lapse time lapse they've had in their systems for a while. So yeah, it's like the same. It's the same exact menu as like a D850. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing that um, Nikon is touting, and I'm not sure, I, I don't I don't recall if Canon is saying this, but Nikon saying that these are the the Z7 for sure is built like a D850. It's fully dust resistant. It's, yeah. it's splash mm-hmm. They make a like, point of that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the same really construction, same standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the Z7, just touch on the, the yeah, ones yeah. different. Yeah. The, uh, the Z7, that is a, uh, it's $3,400, 46 megapixel X-Speed 6. Goes up to 25,600 ISO and you can get up to 102, 400. Uh, five axis sensor shift. Uh, what else we got here? Same screens, same LCDs, same sync speed, uh, nine frames per second and takes uh, also the XQD cards. Uh, and same thing as far as GPS and uh, all that other stuff. That's kind of similar. So it's a higher resolution, beefier file camera. Cool. Um, that's where we are. One one thing I wanted to mm-hmm. point out earlier, and I forgot to, is that we were t- you were, uh, John was asking earlier about the size of the camera, or, or Alan was, you know, that we're not really seeing huge size differences over here, particularly mm-hmm. once we put on like big lenses. Mm-hmm. 
which also is worth pointing out that they also don't balance well once you're using big lenses. Um, but none, neither Canon nor Nikon is, is putting out any sort of like compact lens, mm. you know, or some sort of like, right. let's right. like, let's go to mirrorless. like truly being right. very small. Well, that's the, see, that was the big thing of mirrorless is that now everything can be scaled down. And it's true. You take out that 70 to 200, 28, you got a big camera again. Mm -hmm. yep. um, and that's, I think that's also one of the reasons why I was attracted to mirrorless is that I was able to adapt a lot of very small, tiny manual focus lenses. Yep. Not all of them fast, but they're light, they're small, and they're sharp. Um, cool. And yeah, that's, that's what you lose when you do put on a DSLR lens. Let me just wrap this part up before we get onto the Fuji winners by, uh, the Fujifilm winners, by saying that, yeah, we have the same, pretty much the same information that the public does in the sense that we're reading, getting the specs from the manufacturers. You guys have handled the cameras briefly, pre-production models. So, you know, we're speculating a bit here and, and take everything you hear with a grain of salt. We're giving the information we have. And, uh, you know, I guess the proof is in the pudding. We'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, listen, I, I emailed Nikon today asking if I could take one for the holiday coming up, but they don't have any production ones that are available yet. Mm. Did, you mention, did you mention my name? I, I mentioned my <laughs> name. Call them back and drop my name. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a date that they've mentioned when we'll have these here in stock? Um, and I guess you can pre-order already, right? It would be on the site. Yeah. Canon for sure not. Okay. Canon even some pricing is not up yet. I think on the new long lenses that they released today, the pricing yeah, is not the, up. Yeah, I was looking at our okay. site today. It's it's spotty. There's there's stuff that's missing. Yeah, that, so, I think so we're, putting, we're putting stuff up as information comes yeah. in to us. Yeah. So we wanted to get get kind of this information to uh, our listeners as soon as possible because it's a pretty big news. But uh, follow uh, follow us and take a look at the website. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure we're going to be doing latest. a lot of hands-on reviews of these cameras and these lenses yeah. and everything else because we yeah. want to handle them as much as you guys yeah, do. Yeah, great. Yeah. All right. All right, great. Thanks, yeah. Levy. Thanks. All right, now, here's a big moment a lot of people have been waiting for here. We're going to announce the winners of the Fujifilm sweepstakes. All right, here we go. The winner of the Fujifilm X-E3 camera with a Fujinon XF 23mm f2 lens is Nalane Singh from right here in New York, Astoria, Queens. Congrats, Nalene. Now, the winner of our grand prize, the Fujifilm X-H1 camera with a Fujinon XF 35 F2 lens is Brian Duckart from Santa Cruz, California. We go from coast to coast. Anyway, um, congrats to both of you guys. We uh, are going to be speaking to our winners in an upcoming episode, find out what they think of their cameras, get to find out what they do, who they are, the kind of pictures that they take. Uh, and this is exciting stuff. And um, for those of you who didn't win, uh, Keep one thing in mind. We're already working on our next sweepstakes. It's the kind of thing we like doing, and we know you guys like it too. So we're not going to stop. Um, our goal is to make the show as much fun as is possible. That said, on behalf of Jason, John, and myself, thank you so much for joining us today. 